For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed." The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me.
Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this good morning you've given to us. Thank you for a sunshining morning. Uh, Lord, for the reminder, Lord, that uh, this is the day that you've made, and, and we can here together this morning rejoice and worship you uh, and be glad in it. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, have your way this morning in this place, in each heart. We ask that your will would be done. Uh, Lord, if there's anything that's uh, standing in the way of that, we just push that aside and pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before you take a seat, let me just invite you to turn to someone nearby, and let's just greet each other and say a quick good morning. Well, good morning, church. Uh, great to have you here this morning. If for you are here as a uh, visitor or guest, a uh, special welcome to you. Glad you found your way to us this morning, and I trust that you feel welcome and at home in your time with us today. Um, you should have got a bulletin on your way in. There's some more information about what's going on in the life of our church and the days and weeks ahead. And if you'd like any more information, there's a Connect card you can fill that out, and we can get you connected um, in whatever way would be helpful. We send out a weekly email that has uh, just updates of what's going on, and also we can connect you to any particular ministries and opportunities that would be uh, helpful. Um, so uh, this morning, we have a special treat. Um, this morning, we have uh, Daniel Layton coming to share the word with us, and uh, so I'm excited, and uh, I'm just going to pray for him as he comes up. And uh, looking forward to hearing from the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this good morning that you've given to us. And uh, Lord, I thank you for my brother Daniel, Lord, for the way that you have just uh, been working in his life. And uh, Lord, that we get this morning, Lord, to just receive. Um, Lord, as he's labored in the word, Lord, as he has just wrestled uh, with, 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 uh, with, with what you would have to say to us this morning. So Lord, I pray that you just give him a great peace, Lord, a great boldness and empowerment, Lord. And I pray that you would just give us hearts to receive, to hear. Um, Holy Spirit, Lord, do that work inside of our hearts. Transform us from the inside out. We pray that our lives would look more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, let's give a warm welcome to Daniel. Oh, hello. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Daniel. I've been given the opportunity to go over chapter 8 in our current series named Growing Pains. Uh, first of all, I want to thank God for his love and grace for waking me up today and allowing me to be alive one more day and to be able to read his living word, which if it wasn't for his forgiving work in the cross, I would not there to study or to read his word. So thank you to my father, and I'm also so grateful to Pastor Brian for his guidance, mentorship, and patience that he has with me and helping me build this, uh, this sermon. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm looking forward 
for us to go through this chapter. And I will give you a, a hint of why this chapter resonates with me. And it all revolves around a simple equation, love greater than knowledge. And it's the same reason why I'm up here, even though I may struggle with my pronunciation, or that I prefer engaging in small groups rather than a whole congregation. Uh, I think if it really came down to, truly to my selfish being, I would really be happy just studying by myself and writing in my notebooks and perhaps later on write a book about it. But uh, however, I want to somehow serve my church that makes up the body of Christ and me being a beautiful nerd, always wanting to find the answers to a problem. Well, uh, this is how you get a shy guy to talk in front of people. Uh, but wanting to serve the church with whatever I am able to. Um, I just want to uh, give a warning. I even though uh, I may have uh, whatever knowledge I may have acquired in the Bible or when my studies on the Bible and my insatiable want to always know more, all of this is completely worthless if I didn't have love. And, and this is what this chapter is all about. Uh, love is what testifies that we are Christians, so just because I can quote uh, some verses from memory, uh, just so you know, it doesn't make me a, uh, a better Christian than you. Uh, if anything, maybe a bigger bookworm. <laughs> if, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, as, as believers, if there's any differences between uh, the body of Christ would be by how much do you love others. Uh, that said, we, we, let's go through our first few verses. Uh, verse number one. Now about food sacrifices to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. I want to give a brief definition of what biblical love is, since this is basically where everything in this message will hinge upon. And as you probably can tell, there's a contrast between the love uh, depicted in the Bible, uh, and if I may say that, that's true love, in contrast to the love from the world that we're so used to seeing in social media or Hollywood, uh, which is a love that is filled with emotionally driven roller coasters, ups and downs. And uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm also read the books and they indeed know how to pull your heartstrings. Uh, but I digress. In the Bible, love is defined as sacrificially, forgiving, patient, kind. It doesn't boast and it's not self-seeking and edifies people. Other definition, Jesus himself says that there is no greater love than to, to lay one's life for one's friend. Or also beautifully stated, and perhaps something interesting to think about if anyone here is single, Love can't wait to give, loss can't wait to get. Now, in all of these definitions, we can see there's a, uh, a pattern, a contrast between them. Uh, worldly love is selfish. It focuses on me, my own pleasure, my own desires. Emotions quickly come and go. Kelly was feeling depressed, sad, pissed. But in contrast, true love is long-suffering. It's a choice. It's a constant choice that you make. Uh, not a feeling. Is this is the same true love? As an example, the same true love uh, that was incarnated 2,000 years ago chose to carry the cross, 
even when we were his enemies. The day that true love died for us, the decision that Jesus made to sacrifice himself for us, for our lives, edifies and builds up our, our, our sanctification. Uh, with this in mind, this is the love that draws you near to him and God near to you. Uh, building this everlasting relationship with, besides love, all other knowledge is worthless and selfish if it's not done from love. What's the use if I, Daniel, know Bible verses or know the definition of biblical, biblical love, yet if I have no relationship to God, our Father, I would have nothing. Everything would be meaningless. Uh, that's it. Let's continue to uh, verse 4. Uh, verse 4. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there, if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as in, indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Uh, I'll stop here uh, quickly and clarify something. There are indeed many false gods and lords, just like in the times of Corinth and their pagan rituals. You know, uh, it's, it's very sad, but we can take a look around our, our current situation, our current world, uh, which is very similar to Corinth, which was a place filled with paganism. And we can still see the same things even currently. Uh, even currently. A lot of pagan practices like magic, sexual debauchery, uh, new age or false new age Christianity practices that are meaningless, such as, you know, lack of uh, law of attraction or that there is no God-defined morality, that you can't believe in whatever you want too much, whatever personal truth that our flesh may prefer or that the society may prefer instead of God's truth. Among other uh, meaningless practices or, or, or thoughts, as Christians, we know that these principalities, powers, thoughts, gods, lords are silly and have no real existence and are powerless. But they are not harmless uh, for those who participate in them. Uh, I'm not going to spoil chapter 10, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll leave that to Pastor Brian. But the important part here is in our chapter for our church is to remind us just how incredible is that we are able to have a relationship with not only the one who created us before the foundation of the world, but also the one who saved us from death. And we can call him at any time and at any need for his help. So don't be shy to call to our Father who is alive, is the truth, and has true power, and whose presence is right here at this very moment among, among us in, in, in this church. He truly loves you cares for you, so don't be, just bring all your travels, all your cares, small and big, to the gentle Savior. Uh, we'll continue to the next verse, verse 7. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they drink of it as having been sacrificed to a God. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are not worse if we do not eat 
and not better if we do. Be careful, however, that we exercise of your rights to, to, uh, does not become a stumbling block to the weak. All right, so we arrive where Paul has been working towards for this whole chapter. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, before we proceed, I want us to think back to, to our love definition that we went over, which is a love that, is, that edifies people and is long-suffering. The current problem that Paul is illustrating is around the conflict of freedom. And, uh, you know, and to, just to illustrate this uh, with another uh, example, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you then a question afterwards. But would you eat a pizza pie that is just came out of the brick oven, has some delicious melted cheese, uh, pineapple, don't judge me, put some <laughs> pineapple topping on it, and, and it's going to make crunchy. You know, you can tell it's going to make crunchy sounds. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, would you eat this pizza pie in front of your friend who just saw you, he or she, were on a diet? Would you delay your own personal freedom, your own desire for the benefit of your friend? After all, we know that love is about putting someone in front of our needs. Or in other words, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, I also want to touch base on uh, before proceeding into the the word that we saw, uh, sacrificial food, uh, just to put it more in a culture, uh, historic context. Uh, but depending from what part of the world uh, and the culture, the topic of food is huge. So it's very important. And we even see this brought up multiple times in the Bible. You see Jewish people uh, deeming some food unclean that they're not able to consume with uh, Gentile and you can see the opposite with the Gentiles and what they can eat in the Bible. Now, in, 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 this, in this verse, we're talking about sacrificial food. And, in, and sacrificial food was really meat that was from a slaughtered animal, sacrificed in a, tem- in a pagan temple. Uh, and this meat was either consumed by the priest or sold in, in, in the market for people to cook. Uh, so... Um, that's why Paul is addressing this, this topic to the church of Corinth. And, and their question is, if they were allowed to eat such meat. Uh, the point that Paul is, emph- uh, is emphasizing, however, is that it depends on the context and the nature of the action. Uh, the action in this case is, like I said, eating uh, meat that was sacrificed. Uh, but the, the food in itself, I, I want to clarify, the, eat- the food in itself is, is not the issue is the context. Example, if you are eating this meat out of idolatrous worship, then of course it's not, it's not allowed. But if food is, but food is it's not going to harm you in your relationship with God. It's also not going to help you uh, in your relationship with God. Um, it's just, it's not, it's just uh, something that the Lord created. Uh, let's continue also now for verse 10. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin... I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. Uh, Paul is so good at explaining 
I'm just going to reiterate what he just said. Uh, but the issue, to clarify, is not, it's not about freedom or exercising your personal freedom. The point Paul is making is to abstain from your own personal freedom out of love for your brothers and sisters. Even if you know you are not doing anything wrong, Paul explains that out of love to put someone, to put other people in front of our own interests, even if we know better. Our mission that we're currently working in this temporary human life, which is a life that is fragile, uh, is to follow the example of Jesus, the Godman. And, and as, Jesus, as Jesus did, it would, that means saving souls, not cause them to stumble and be lost to destruction. And, uh, you know, sadly, we don't, we don't know what weaknesses our brothers or sisters uh, may have. Uh, and most of the times, weaknesses is something that we are ashamed of, and, and we don't want anyone to see our failures. Uh, so let me uh, put myself on the spot. I'll present you a personal example. I love to work out. You may call me a bit obsessive over this. Uh, I have built a very systematic uh, a schedule depending if I'm doing calorie deficit or a calorie surplus and each day of the week has attached to it a different body part uh, that I'm, I'm planning to get it destroyed in a one training session. Now anyways, my parents always since I was a kid ingrained in me the importance of dressing modestly which is something that I actually came to understand its meaning when I became a teenager. But when I was a kid I was just complying. Uh, one of the ways that I'm, 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 I'm practicing what Paul is explaining in this chapter is by consciously being aware of what I use when I'm, when I'm training outdoors. Uh, rather than saying my body, my choice, and wear whatever I want without thinking of other people around me, but just thinking selfishly of me, or because I am so smart that I can start arguing, hey, it's their fault if they're looking, not mine. I don't feel compromised at all. It's not my intention to compromise anyone. So why should I then feel bad? Uh, however, after bad experiences, I have looked into it instead as a matter of an act of love, an act of love for the people around me to sacrifice my own comfort for, for, for their wellness, for the sake of their soul, for their, to, to keep them from perdition, to, to keep them protected from temptation, uh, putting first their salvation before whatever smart, foolish wisdom I can conjure up ex as an excuse to only think of only my freedom. However, however, there's also an even bigger and more important act of love happening behind the scenes uh, also, which it revolves around my relationship with God, uh, which is sacrificing myself as an act of love and submission to God, for my body is not mine. And my body and my choices, whatever choice I, can, I have to make, will be in submission to God's will. Uh, our priority is to heal, provide hope with the gospel, and support the weak, not being the reason why people fall or stumble in their spiritual growth. Again, true love uh, doesn't bring people down, it edifies them, and it's long-suffering patient. This decision to act out of love will depend, and everyone is different with different circumstances, 
but in my case, I can project my love to others, even as small as willingly inconvenience myself just a bit more during the summer weather, um, during my outdoor training sessions, by the decision that I, the clothes I choose to wear. And if you allow me, uh, I'll ask you also something of you, uh, my church. Please be mindful of this selfless love. It won't take long to practice this. Even just leaving the doors of our church, you may very well met with an opportunity uh, and decision that you have to make where you have to either choose to follow the example that Jesus left us or, or not. Uh, and I want to encourage you to please follow our Savior's example. Even though most of the time, I have to be honest, this will mean the hardest path, the toughest decision. But to still follow this example on the cross, every time you're facing one of these choices or situations, think back of how much your beautiful Jesus suffered in the cross, naked, mocked, tortured, rejected, and murdered. What our Savior decided to go through in the cross was such an abomination. I'll give you context. Isaiah 52 says that his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. All of this he did because of each and every one of you to save you and give you eternal life to those that would repent and turn back to him. As children of God, we are, we are to be different than how the world acts. Even if the world thinks of our selfless love as weakness and foolishness, there will be nothing more worthwhile than to sacrifice for these very people that reject or mock us. Because you would gain unimaginable eternal joy and treasures in heaven. Uh, with that said, uh, thank you for listening to this service. And uh, hope you take care and God bless you.